Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to this week's brand new episode of Face to Face. I am beyond excited to share today's interview with a guest that needs no introduction. He's not a dancer, choreographer, teacher, repetitor or musician, but a genius Belgian movie director. His name is Lucas Dont. Lucas is only 29 years old and received worldwide acclaim with his very first feature film, Girl which won a ton of prizes at various film festivals across the world. Now, if you are listening and you haven't seen Girl, I suggest you pause right here, get a screen and do yourself a favor by watching this amazing film. You can, of course, just stay tuned. There won't be any spoilers. In fact, we won't be talking much about Girl at all, since Lucas is in the final stages of finishing the script for his second feature film. I am incredibly grateful that he took the time to sit down with me in the midst of writing and share some of his thoughts on the journey of making his next movie. Unfortunately, we weren't able to connect in person even though we only live one national border away, so I set up the equipment for an online interview. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. All right, shoot. <laughs> All right, first of all thank you lucas for tuning in with me <laughs> during these times after your holiday um thank you so much for taking the time to do this how are you in this moment are you okay i'm i'm very okay i am uh, in my house in ghent mm -hmm. uh it's slowly getting dark uh and i've spent the day writing because i'm working on uh our second feature film uh, that is finishing writing around now, I would say, and that we're slowly starting um, to cast, actually. So I'm very happy that, I mean, this second feature film is, uh, is starting up. So actually, I'm really, uh, I'm in a very good place. That's amazing to hear. For the people that don't know which would shock me you're talking about your second feature film your first feature film was girl mm -hmm. who uh, which received many nominations and prizes uh in the last couple of years um that's that was your first big feature film um we i don't plan unless you want to but i don't plan on going in depth uh about girl necessarily because i imagine you've had a lot of interviews you've talked a lot about <laughs> that um, but that, you gave me what I was gonna say that sounds like music in my ears that you're not exactly. going to that. <laughs> not that I don't like to talk about that film. I mean, it's um, it's a very important part of my life. This movie, but like you said, I've talked about it quite quite some time. Yeah, I can only imagine, and that's why. And you gave me a head start. You're starting on your second feature film, and for me, that was such an interesting time then that I thought to talk to you because I'd like to talk about how you're feeling now, how you're stepping into this kind of second um, project. Mm -hmm. And you said you're starting or you're actually finishing writing almost. How has that been, the writing so far? It has been, um, to be completely honest, it has been a very difficult uh, process. I mean, for I mean, I think that I mean I hear this around me quite some 
quite a lot of times from from people who have made a second piece of work that making making a second piece can be quite hard and and difficult and i have experienced it that same way mainly because girl i was 18 when i had the id for girl uh i spent 8 years uh in my head making the film before i even shot it i was extremely um obsessed with this film and so for first of all uh for me to let go of um this film for me to to end um the process of making and promoting and all the things that come with it of girl was very harsh because it it's it felt in a way like i was letting go of um something that was very dear to me and had been very dear to me for many years uh so this was the first step that i had to do before i started writing the second film is is i had to let go of the first one which felt abrupt and at the same time it felt like it lasted way too long yeah um because we we of course we screened the film in in at the Cannes film festival in 2018 and we got a, an, an enormous response to it which i'm very very grateful for uh but at the same time it took a lot of my energy we we yeah. traveled a year and a half with the film and in every new place in every new territory i wanted to to promote the film with the same energy as with which i had written it and shot it and edited it and color graded it and musically done it and so it's like i i had to talk about the film for the first time again and again and again and again yeah. and so uh although it was amazing and although i mean it gave me a lot of energy to see people's reaction to it it also in a way exhausted me um to um have to relive the adventure of girl and know at the same time that creatively i had to let go of her pretty soon so yeah. this was a sort of i don't know it's I, I think that a morning calling it morning would maybe be like a bit too intense but it was definitely like an intense emotion yeah. Um, and then I also had this doubt all of a sudden. I don't know. I know that I want to make films from when I was like very young, from when I was 10 years old. And my mom talked about Titanic and how that film like completely changed her world or, 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 sh or shocked her world or the impact that that film had on her. So I know that I, I've known that I want to make films and have that impact on people since I was like a young boy mm -hmm. uh, and every, and I've always film has always been my, my way to process and continue even in, if in my personal life, I felt less at ease or less comfortable or less confident. I always had the feeling that with film, um, 
I was confident about it. I was sure about it. And I also got confident that I was able to do it, was able to make a film. Yeah. When did you realize that? Or uh, was there a specific moment? Sorry to interrupt the flow. No, no worries. <laughs> When did I realize that? I realized that I wanted to, um, or I realized that I was confident about it. I think, I think it, that happened during, I mean, during my high, high school, I had the mm -hmm. feeling that creativity was my forte. I mean, I was not really the sportive type. I also wasn't really the mega intellectual. And I had the feeling that creativity was in a way a force. Mm -hmm. And then in film school, I started to really understand that film was the medium for me. Like I'm not a writer. I'm not a composer. I'm really someone who wants to translate ideas or feelings or concepts into the combination of moving image and sound. And so I got really confident about the fact that I had chosen the art form that I wanted to use like my whole life. Yeah. Wow. Which gave me, which gave me a confidence that felt really, really powerful and empowered me also to just go straight ahead and, um, and go right at it. So, yeah. so this felt, this has always been, film has always, um, felt really, really close to me yeah. as a, as, as a medium. And so, uh, Making girl, I mean, I, I rolled out of film school and I immediately handed in a treatment for girl and girl got made and it all happened very intuitively um, for me. Yeah. I, I mean, my feeling. Maybe I'm romanticizing this afterwards now, <laughs> but maybe that wasn't the case. But at least it's the feeling I had when I started writing the second one because with the second one, it was the first time that I felt a doubt that I had not felt ever before yeah. uh, in my young life uh, regarding the medium or regarding my talents. It was the first time that I felt doubt. And it, that might be, I mean, of course, then when I say this to people, people tell me, Yes, but your film was really like successful and it was awarded and and all these things. And that's they say that to make me feel better and at the same time it's just I think it's maybe also because of this that I feel that doubt. Yeah, is it not also a confrontation with how high the expectations maybe are is this something I'm, i mean i'm super grateful that you're so open about this because it's something that i have been thinking about after mm -hmm. making this first feature film film it being so well received uh by the public how high are your expectations both from yourself and from the the people in the world around you so i can only imagine that it 
it makes at the same time people make you feel better because they're mm-hmm. saying, yeah, but you, you're, you know, you're doing great. Like you have the talent, but it's also just confronting maybe mm-hmm. that the, the expectations are like the bar is high. And I was interested in how you, yeah, how you are dealing with this right now. And do you have a specific, is there something that's helping you right now to kind of see through that and and focus on what you're doing and believing that what you're doing is still what you want to do and that you have that confidence? Is there something that you're working on or something that you've been doing that helps you? Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, I think that this really has been a part of the process. I mean, as much as writing has been about writing, it has has also been about uh, what you just mentioned, because high expectations, I think they're good. I think they can push you to to your best possible performance. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think they can also be paralyzing and paralyzing in the sense that that you that you want more and things to be better and things to be even more excellent while while I mean you in craving that you lose maybe the enjoyment uh, that you can find in, in, in art or in this medium that is also really important in order to get a good result and so Maybe it's been a part, a little bit of this. And also, I think that, you know, for every good, good, for every person that comes to you and says, this film has meant the world to me or the good review, you also have someone who says to you or who writes about you that they think it's, that it, that they think it could have been better or that it's not at its full potential or that it's uh, unworthy. And strangely enough, and it's true, and everyone always says this, and I know it, and yet I, I, I feel it that same way. It's just more common to remember the negative things than the positive things, or to at least focus more on them. Yeah. So one of the things that I really had to, had to tell myself and others that I needed others to tell me is that at the end of the day, um, it should not be, it should really not be about what others want you to do or what others expect you to to speak about, but it should be about, really be about what I want to do and what I feel like saying to the world. And that then should is going to please people and it's going to um, to frustrate people uh, or it's yeah. going to um, leave them um, careless to whatever. Um, and so I think that this has also been, a, it's also been a sort of accepting that the world is going to react to what you do in the way that they, everyone from their own personal space, everyone from their own background, everyone, as they want and accepting that that will be the case yeah, is also yeah. really a part of showing something to the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to, I mean, I'm, 
I think different artists experience this in their in their expertises where you have expectations, then you have your own doubts. And like, for example, like you said, focusing on the negative things somehow feels more natural than remembering the positive things. It's a simple example, like, you know, like for us, like we're on stage when we do, when we, when, when we perform, there happens like so many good things happen, but if one thing goes a little bit, it might be so minor that nobody sees it, but something in your feeling on your technique or your balance didn't feel as you wanted it to be. You'll just remember that. Mm-hmm. And that can sometimes shadow over the the entire performance. And it's just something, I don't know, I guess it's human. But yeah, and it's it's inspiring to me that you're finding this voice that tells you to say what you have to say. And it's something I think that we all kind of have to look for. And I struggle with it myself as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it Like there is something about creating something that you think might be well received or will be liked or, uh, you, you know, in a certain way looked at. And then there's trying to find what you really want to say. And mm-hmm. it's just, for me, it's beautiful that you're in that process. And I can only imagine it's not easy after such a success to do that. But that's also why I wanted to talk to you and, <laughs> and just hear about that. You said, just to go back, you said, when you were in school, you were not necessarily a writer, but correct me if I'm wrong, you are writing most of your script or your entire script yourself, maybe with some collaborators, but Mm -hmm. you want to elaborate a little bit on that. Do you write the whole script for the movie yourself or do you have some people that you frequently collaborate with or do they change? I I write together with one... um... Actually, I, how do I describe? What's his introduction? He's a <laughs> he's a chameleon, I would say. He's a performer. He writes for film. He writes for theater. Uh, his name is Angelo Tessens, mm-hmm. and I met him um, when I just finished studying film, and uh, he became my collaborator. We we wrote together on Girl. Mm-hmm. And then we write together now on this second film. And the reason I, I say that I'm not a writer is because I, because for for me the script and is um, a tool. It's a tool to make the movie. It's not a finished product. Um, I, I I would be very uncomfortable if it would be. I mean, I don't think I'm someone who. I mean, when I was young, I wrote little stories uh, mm-hmm. and I, I've always invented things, but I've never felt that I was really good at using language to make them come come alive. Like when I write a script, I write very conceptually. Mm-hmm. I write, for example, if I have a scene, I really write about movements and what I think the characters feel but it's not a sort of detailed description of everything. You have some directors that write about the color of the walls and, and that really, I think, indulge you maybe into, into something very, very concrete. I think that I, as a writer, and that's also why I think that writing a book would be very difficult for me, I'm very much into the... I, write, I like to write it very short and to the point and then 
afterwards I know if everything is there on paper, then I remember it. And then I can really start creating it together with actors, together with, uh, in, the, in the case of girl, a chore- choreographer, uh, together with a set designer, together with a makeup artist. So all these small things that will add to the image or to the sound of what eventually um, I have in mind. Uh, so the writing process is only the, I would say, it's only the fundament. It's only like the 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 basic basic architecture of of what we make. Yeah. Um, Not like David Lynch, who writes a script and it's the Bible, and <laughs> which I learned recently by watching an interview. Um, it, I can imagine, but this I can really imagine that someone like David Lynch describes. That that it, that you get a Bible. It's um, every. I think that every director writes very differently. I I once read the script for a Terrence Malick movie, and then you 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 get this sort of. It's like a sort of poetry meets literature meets. Mm-hmm. It's like a a mixed media. Yeah. I I think I write quite conventionally in the sense that. Um, I use the tools that I learned in film school and that I learned by by writing, actually, because I think writing is the best way to learn about writing. Um, but I, yeah, I think I write really, I think in positions, I think in mise-en-scene, I think in dynamics um, and color, decor, costume, it's very important to me but it's not something that i that is really detailed uh, described already in my in our script phase Mm. is it correct if i see it some a bit like you're making a a blueprint that kind of contains the the feeling the 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 movements like you said of of a scene of a character and the blueprint kind of gets filled in later in the process when you're filming or working with the actors is that, is that kind of yeah i think that's kind of i think oh, that's I kind of correct it. yeah i think for example if if i take girl as an example mm-hmm. um we talked about about high expectations before and in a sense i mean this was a sort of team in girl because we in in the dance scenes i really i used um the story and the images of Icar, of Icarus, like the person that flies, uh, mm-hmm. flies all the way to the sun, burns his wings, and then falls into the ocean. This was this sort of um, story or feeling that we wanted uh, Lara to go through in the dance scenes, in a, of course, in a completely transformed, different way. Mm-hmm. But this was the basic concept. Then I started to translate that conceptually in in six or seven scenes. Mm-hmm. Let's say a, a, a buildup of um, narratively of of what that could be in in this film, mm-hmm. and then we added elements that um, that are visual that remind us of this story. For example, the sun, like in the ballet spaces, you always have windows with like beaming sun through it and and we are constantly reminded of this light and of this the only nice studio in that building (laughs) yeah i know i know you know that building very well 
I do. I think that once when I was casting for Girl, I came to... Um, I don't know if you were still there, but I do remember seeing you in that school. I remember you coming. Yeah. I remember you came to like a rehearsal or a class or... Yeah. Um, yeah, and you had... I, I even like... I thought about this. Like, we had kind of written to each other like even before i think even for a project maybe before girl correct me if i'm wrong and somehow like the dates didn't work out like i was on a summer intensive during that time or like i don't remember the details but i remember kind of we had i, re- a- I remember this now it was um i think this was for for one of my short films which we made in 2012 which was called corps perdu it was one. Of, it was a short film, and it also had a ballet dancer uh, at the center of it. So I think that that that's why I contacted you because I wanted you to be that dancer. So because of my admiration for Lucas, I was a little nervous starting out our conversation. But my nerves settled pretty quickly once I felt his humility, and he started opening up so honestly. I couldn't help but noticing how he constantly speaks about our script phase, our second feature film. Lucas has the DNA of a collaborator, and that is one of the things that inspires me so much about him. Yes, he is the director of the movie, but he is so in tune with the rest of the team and the endless other factors that make a great film. Surrounding yourself with the right people also makes it possible to overcome those challenges and doubts which he speaks of. And when you have each other's backs, Real work can be done, art can be made. I want to dive deeper into this collaborative aspect and get to know more about his previous and future projects. It's really nice to hear how this process is taking place for you. And I I find it super interesting because a lot of elements could be compared to creating a dance or dance theater performance, but it's just in, for me, what I find super fascinating. And maybe you can talk a bit about that. Like what I sometimes almost can't grasp with film is like the length of a process from like coming up with the concept, writing the script, casting. I mean, you have to tell me what else is there filming then producing color grading then all the promotions it for me we do that for a dance piece sometimes for a dance production depending on how big the production is but sometimes here in ndt we make a piece in four weeks five weeks mm-hmm. maybe maybe in, in in two periods like uh, two weeks and then kind of three weeks so to me like thinking that uh the the project being a movie takes so mm-hmm. long like i find it so fascinating like I can't grasp it almost sometimes. Yeah, it's strange because I can't this is I can't even grasp anymore making something in 4 weeks like yeah. it's crazy it's because I have the complete opposite feeling with like if you would ask me now to make something in 4 or 5 weeks I would completely like I think I would freeze just because I I know it's it's in a way it also astounds me that it takes that long and sometimes it's really hor- it's really hell that it takes that long because because it's really really a long passage of time that you have to pass and 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 spend with the project and that's also why you need something that 
you desire and that you feel really, really, that you really feel, really feel like you have to do. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting because it, it, it obliges you, or at least in my case, it obliges me to really ask myself, is this the project that I want to spend four years with? Is this yeah. what I want to make? Is this what I want to do? So it, it obliges me to answer a lot of questions. But it's hmm. true that it's a very, I don't think it always, always has to take four years. I think sometimes maybe you develop two, three projects at the same time and then it can go a bit faster. But I would say that not for everyone. You have some masters, of course, who can do it faster. But I would say that time is a very important element in a script because mm -hmm. you start of writing and in the beginning it seems like you follow your guts and then you bump into things that are not um, um, really how you want them to be. And then you dive deeper and deeper and, and you discover other layers that are there. And, and bit by bit, you just find, or at least uh, this is how I feel, you find the core and the, and the complexities of what you want to do. And sometimes I start off, I start off thinking that I'm, I, that this film is about one thing and it ends up being about another or about all of them. Yeah. But this time, I think, in the writing process is really important because when you arrive on, in pre-production and you arrive on sets, everyone asks you about everything. Every little small thing that is in every scene, you have to be able to explain and talk about and you have to be able to want to talk about it and want mm -hmm. to... Yeah, it has to be important to you yeah. because if it's not important to you, then then you can't have all these people look into the same direction. Yeah, um, and it's true that financing a film is also. I mean, now in this case, it it's been a bit different than with Girl, but it's also about finding um, all the finances to to make a film. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not the the. I would say it's not the cheapest medium. Exactly. Yeah, this is also like sometimes the budget that goes into movies. I'm like, how? Is that is that something that you have to really actively work for, like yourself in this moment? Meaning, like finding uh, sponsors or like getting in touch with uh, production houses, or is that something that right now in this phase is already kind of someone else's job for you? Let's say. Well, I have a very good producer. And so I'm very happy because I'm really bad with, with money. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm really bad with financing and money. And so it's really someone that takes this on as like his main uh, task. But yeah. I mean, I do, have to, I do have to talk about the project to possible investors and to uh, film funds and, and this, this film will probably be a co-production between the Netherlands, Belgium and France. And every time you have to ask, I mean, every time you have to get funding from uh, the respectable country. So you have to talk about the film. Um, you have to, I, I don't want to use the word defend it because defend it sounds like there's something to defend, but you have to um, 
Yeah, you have, it, or is yeah, it not you have to make sure that your passion for it comes across so that yeah. they also get passionate about it and that they want to fund it. So I wouldn't say that I'm the one like counting how much we still need and doing the number mm -hmm. work, but I am involved in the sense that I'm the artistic, um, I'm the one who gives an artistic voice to um to why we would need that amount yeah. of money. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like this? I mean, going back a little bit to starting to get on set, for example, and do you feel like there's a lot of responsibility when people come to you and ask, like, uh, what about this? Like, what about, like, I, I have a hard time imagining how I would love to be, like, a fly on a movie set one day just to, like, see how it goes because I'm quite inspired by it. But do you feel like, it's a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and do you sometimes like not know the answer yet <laughs> i i don't know i of course i i there's a lot of moments where i don't know the answer and the thing is that if you have the right people around you not knowing the answer can be an amazing can can be an extremely valuable thing because i love that not it's gonna be a nice quote Yeah, not knowing the answer gives you an opportunity to go look for it. And I mean, there are those rare moments where something happens and you've never even slightly thought of it happening or of that possibility or something happens and in a way fiction takes over reality and fiction takes over life because it's, it starts to have a life of its own. Mm -hmm. is extremely i mean i i think that for me as a director and i think many directors will will recognize that moment it's it's extremely powerful in the line of work that i make of course you also have directors who for whom everything is set and I, i'm thinking of someone like wes anderson who really like the decors and like the everything is minusculously like uh, meticulously meticulously uh, uh, i don't even know <laughs> maybe i think it's that word uh thought out but in in the way i work um coincidence and improvisation and um and life is extremely important so yeah. i have gathered um people around me Uh, who know that and who are okay with that and who help me to create the possibility for that. Um, it's not always easy because it demands full attention and it mm -hmm. demands um, a lot of changes. But um, it's really the way I like to work and it's really something that gives me great, great pleasure. So you'd say that there's a lot of room for improvisation on set? Yes. I mean, I think I know because I, I write the films that I also direct. I know mm -hmm. every option to every scene because yeah. I've tried it out in writing. And so I know the other nine possibilities for a character to react. So if I have the feeling on set that something doesn't work, I can... Um, redirect it into another direction but also a lot of times I 
I know conceptually what what we're looking for, and then I and then I I let the actors create something of their own, completely loose from what I've written. Yeah. For example, in Girl, there's there's three or four very important moments between the main character and a private teacher who teaches her how to dance on point shoes. Mm. That is something that was in the script. I mean, in the script, there was scenes, one or two scenes with this, pro, uh, this private professor and, and the protagonist. But in the script, they were very, how would I say, general. You didn't really feel exactly what happened in those scenes. And then we just had a, an amazing dancer uh, Marie-Louise Wilderex, who's also like an amazing personality, you mm. put her into a space together with someone who's never danced on point shoes, you point the camera at it and you just let them do their thing. And mm. quickly we understood that that scene that we were shooting was so powerful that, for example, I immediately told the to our costume department, get other outfits because we can use this like we should shoot more of this because maybe it will have three or four moments in the film that we can re yeah. can, that we can go back to this scene because it's extremely powerful yeah. those those are moments on set where that was not we didn't expect that that they would plan out like that but it's because what we saw worked and 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 because we saw the potential of what was there and this is i think very important that you that you keep um open to the possibility yeah. of change for yeah. me I, I thought those scenes were really really powerful and especially like like looking from it from looking at it from a professional dancer's point of view i have not encountered many scenes or even movies where where you can tell that the dancers or the protagonist or whoever is being worked with or shown on screen is a real professional or a professional student. Mm -hmm. um, either they use a double, which then you can see in the way that it's it's shot. You can tell when they're not really doing the point work themselves, or when certain shots of feet or legs are. You know. So I, I mean, for me, that was already such a kind of touching journey to see that on screen, like real dancers or professional dancers in training. Um, how was that for you to be able to work with professional dancers and students? I mean, that was a, a necessity for me. I mean, you know how, how difficult dance is. And I mean, you know, that, yeah, you do. So, I mean, you know that if you make a film in which you see someone go to a professional dance school, you just can't do that with people who don't do that. Yeah. Because it's just it's just impossible because it's such a it's it's I mean it's such a dedication to the to, to the art form and I felt this I felt a responsibility because mm -hmm. for me it was a responsibility showing dance in a respectful way showing people who work who work from when they're very young in a respectful way so that it doesn't seem like this is just something easy or something 
or something on the side. Something on the side, yeah. For me, it was important to really work with people who have dance in their bodies. And it's something that you can see and feel. And mm. so I contacted Sidi Larbi Sherkaoui, I think, um, after the first year that I was writing this film, because I, I knew that we needed someone to carry the, the weight of, or to co-carry the weight and the responsibility of showing dance in the most, yeah, in the, in the, in the most complex way that we could. Uh, fortunately, he said yes, yeah. uh, that he wanted to work with us on this film. And then also because of him, a lot of the young dancers wanted to participate because I think as a dancer, you also fear that you're not going to be shown in a good way, that the dance is not going to be on a high level. That So mm -hmm. there was a lot of, I felt a lot of, um, I felt that, it was very comforting for a lot of young dancers that C.D. Larbi Sharkoui was on board for this project and mm -hmm. uh, that it, yeah, that it meant that dance was going to be respectfully shown. And, um, and I'm very happy that we made that decision. Yeah. I think it was, I mean, I think it was a great choice not to mention that because you say the students kind of being, also in off C.D. Larby, not to mention that he was at that time, I think, just director from Ballet Flanders. I think he mm -hmm. just transitioned into his leadership from Ballet Flanders with just the professional company linked to the Royal Ballet School in Antwerp, which I think most of the students, most of the um, uh, like dancers in the film were studying in that time. So I, I can imagine that was for them also that experience like maybe sitting in front of someone that in a couple of years decides whether he wants to take you in there in their company plus like you said film is not necessarily always the most flattering medium for a dancer mm -hmm. if it's not well done but i mean this that for me to just to say the admiration of how like for me that translated into like the dna of the movie the fact that I wasn't like I could almost relax watching it, knowing that the dance that was shown was shown in a, like you said, complex and honest way. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that I think I really appreciate. And I think even the people that are not professional dancers, I think that they feel that in the DNA of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're completely right. It's, it's, it was really, necessary and you're right it's difficult film is not always that flattering for dance it's very difficult to capture you know dance is really so much about the physicality and and about the movement and about the body and it's very difficult to translate that to a 2d screen um because it's difficult not to lose something. It's difficult not to lose the quality of the movement and of the, the, the physical experience. And so you have to really retranslate to something on screen that can give you impact. And uh, the same totally. impact like a, a, a dance performance can give you, which for me, I mean, I'm a big, I mean, I, I'm a big dance fan. Like I, I'm in love with nearly every dancer that I meet because I just, 
have such a big admiration for dancers. Um, so for me, it's that love for dance is, is also, it's, it, it's also as a filmmaker, like it's really a big, big question that I have because of, okay, girl was one example of filming dance. Mm -hmm. but, uh, how do I continue using dance and how do I continue like trying to find other ways to film that. And I was just thinking that in my head. I was just about to ask you if you're inspired to do something with dance in, in, in the future in, in the films, or if you're kind of leaving that behind with, you know, letting go of girl. Um, I would love, I mean, if I would have an idea in which dance takes a central place, I think it would really excite me because... Um, a part of my joy in in making girl was working with CD Larbi and working with dance and seeing the dance pieces come to life. So I mean, it's definitely something that I I wish to continue. But in the two or three projects that I'm working on right now, or that I'm developing, or that I'm shaping, dance is not a part of them. Uh, so I'm in desperate need for someone to bring me a story <laughs> in which I can use dance again. Huh. All right. Well, I'll keep that in mind if I think of something or if yeah. I hear something. If you hear an interesting story with dance, if anyone who listens to this podcast has an amazing story with dance, they can always contact me because I, I, I know that I'm going to be interested. Hmm. That's great. That's great. Just backtracking a little bit, since we're talking now about the next movie a little bit or about mm -hmm. what's next. Um, you said you're almost finished writing. Um, you're moving on to the next phase, which will be casting. You already mentioned last time that we spoke that it can be a little bit tricky, uh, not to make this about Corona, but it is the reality uh, that mm -hmm. we're still dealing with it. Um what's what's kind of the challenges ahead can be for the casting maybe even further into the process um what do you think will be one of the yeah challenges ahead or is there something already that you learned from your previous experiences that you know you're taking with you for sure for this next film i mean i think I'm taking mainly the same crew with me. So that is a sort of comfort that I have because I know that uh, I rely on them. I'm confident in them. And I know that they feel the same way towards me. So that is a, a something I feel very comfortable about. At the same time, this film, at the same time, every making, I, I don't know, but making this film felt like such a different world and such a different universe that I have the feeling that I'm rebooting or that, mm -hmm. that I don't know what to expect in a way because it's such a different film. And, it's, and I wonder, does that mean that, that the creation of it will also be completely different? Mm -hmm. I don't know for now, but... What I do know is that it's a very fragile film in the sense that it it has two 13-year-old leads. So I will be not working with teenagers, but rather working with kids, with, which is, I mean, different. Mm -hmm. um, 
so this is a challenge i think working with kids and at the same time telling a story that is quite com i mean that is i mean hopeful and 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 a lot of things but also gets dark at times so the the combination of subject and and protagonists or or cast i think is going to be a challenge and and it's something that we're going to have to do in a very responsible uh empathetic way yeah um but i'm excited about it i think it's it's yeah and just really you know pre-production and shooting a film are two of my favorite moments in the in 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 the creation process because i get to see what we wrote come to life and i get to see how it's going to look like and i get to see what i get to see already bits and bits and bits of the end results so i slowly get to see it come to life and and it's an extraordinary moment in in the four-year journey of making a film yeah can that uh, be kind of an average because you mentioned it before also the four year can we can we kind of see that as a more or less of course it always fluctuates and changes but is that about how long the the general process takes from I, really beginning to yeah and traveling with it i had the feeling that up until now that it feels intuitively like the time it takes like one or one one and a half two years writing and then making and promoting and editing it um so yeah i do have the feeling that that is quite i mean that that is a a, a direction of time yeah um Sorry, I interrupted you. We're saying about the little things that are coming together. Um, yeah, no, to that, yeah, that those things come together, and that that is really exciting. Mm. And, um, Does that feed you then for like just going on? Like when you see these scenes coming to life, when you see those ideas being more embodied by the actors and the 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 crew, does it feed you and your inspiration to just? go on yeah definitely and it also you know the moment you start seeing things come together and rehearse you also sometimes feel what is not in place or what mm -hmm. what doesn't fully um correspond or it's really a moment where you recreate what you already created um they always yeah. say that you make a film three times that you write it first then you start shooting it and it's a different i mean it's not i mean i imagine the film already a hundred times or a, or a thousand times but it will never look the way i imagined it for example now we're looking for two 13 year olds boys and i i've imagined them but i but now confronting the reality with the fiction i'm i'm is is um unnecessary but sometimes a difficult process because all of a sudden i see a boy and i totally didn't know or expect that maybe this could be the face of this story and yet he shows me something that changes the way i i i imagined or i looked at it for a long time yeah. so it's it's about it's an incredibly rich process because you see a lot of things and 
a lot of things are proposed and you have to make choices. And sometimes that is stressful because you wonder if you made the right choice. But it's also, a, um, it's also an incredible process because sometimes, and especially in this, this case of casting, we're casting two people who have never acted before. So mm. they, they have to be discoveries. And when the moment you discover, you know, that 13-year-old boy of which you know that he can that he can do it, that he's perfect for the part, it's an incredible moment because, because um because yeah, the 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 the, the film comes to life. Yeah. That must also feel incredible that something you've pictured or imagined, but maybe then kind of gets another shape, like the shape shifts, but you feel mm -hmm. like it is right or you, and that suddenly also other pieces of the puzzle fall in place or kind of rearrange themselves. It must be also a very like inspiring moment. Definitely. And this sh shapes shifting is a really good way actually to talk about it because it's exactly that. Like you have this mental image in your head and then you see, um, someone in front of you and all of a sudden that person in front of you morphs into the image you saw in your head and it's 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 an incredible process and it's um very very inspiring and of course then working with uh, them and seeing um the places that you've written about and and hearing music i i always ask my composer to start working uh, on the music before we shoot the first scene just so immediately based on the script he starts writing music and for me it's incredibly rich because i can start listening to music how he imagines it it's it's really um it's a way for me to to really enter my own film because it's the first person that creates something based on what i've written yeah so for um, me music and and Music is really the first way that I enter, re-enter my own creation, seen through the eyes of someone else. Yeah. Um, wow, that's quite. Yeah, that's something. I mean, is it? it do you have like a kind of fixed, like some of your other crew members? Is the is your composer also someone that's with you or that's been with you for a while? Yeah, actually, he has. I've met him um, in 2013 mm. in France. Um, I was combined with him through a program um, of a film festival that combined a young director with a young composer. Amazing. And, yeah, and the idea was to have a young composer write the score for a short film of the young director. So Valentin wrote the score for my master film and he's so incredible i mean personally and professionally so i really knew that i wanted to work with him again for um the first feature which was a challenge because he had to make not only the score of the film but also the music that the dancers would dance their choreography on yeah so i mean immediately he had a big big yeah, he had to like step up his game. Like, yeah, he had to really. I mean, he had to do it all. You know, he had to had to okay. uh, go for it. But it's he's an incredible composer. I've I'm working with him now again. 
he's made two or three pieces based on the script again that are really amazing like it's someone who yeah i think you know for him his medium is music and it's what he it's what he does it's just for me that is incredible to have people around me that are so talented and and that all those bits of talent together can again you know make this film film really is is a collaboration it's not something that i do by myself it's really that's why for me if making a film is is really the work of many many artists it's not the work of one person i maybe guide i mean i'm a guide in a way but yeah it's a lot of talent coming together. That's beautiful. I mean, you're also like you feel it from you, like you're the yeah. You're like you're so humble, and you give value to every single aspect of the of the process, which is something that I can only admire and also take with me, and something that inspires me also as a dancer. And I think in general you don't want to be just a pawn in some like if it's if there's a real collaboration of different disciplines coming together and everyone has kind of their expertise from a certain discipline i think really like amazing stuff can happen and that's something that you know i also want to take with me and it's just you know super inspiring to hear your mind and to hear how yeah what you've been up to and how the future is kind of looking and is there anything you'd like to share still? Maybe I was thinking to finish, but maybe it might be a bit kind of cliche to finish with some kind of like tip or anything you want to share to young filmmakers or like something that you just want to share in general to humanity. <laughs> and if not, I think I want to share it to humanity. Oh my God. My films are pretty much what I want to share with. I mean, I've, like I said, I think it's really, you know, I have this feeling that a lot of people who make something, whether it's a performance, whether it's dance, whether it's a piece of work, a film or stuff, it's, I have the feeling that a lot of the times it's someone who wants to be seen or be heard or, or wants to wants to express themselves and then hopes that the world will love them for it. Mm. And I think that that is really powerful and it's really necessary. But my realization or my feeling is that that drive to show something to the world, whether it's dance or, or, or a book or a film that, that is, incredibly rich but it's not for me i have the feeling that the realization that i had to make this year is that it's not about the audience i mean that it's not in the end about the audience that doesn't sound i don't want that to sound um i don't want that to sound like I don't think about an audience or I don't want an audience because I do. I think about them a lot and I really, really want them and I'm very grateful for them. But it's about, yeah, it's, it's mostly about the expression itself and, and mm. about finding something that is 
necessary for you to do so and also validating yourself for doing that as just an act mm. i don't know if that sounded like co- coherent or if that made any- oh it makes sense it makes but, sense uh, it kind of it makes me think of what you said earlier a little bit about going back to your core like what do you have to say and and if you stay true to your intention whether if you're a, whether if you're a dancer whether you're a dancer a choreographer uh, a writer a director a musician um, if you don't do it with the angle of recognition or wanting to be seen or get out there mm-hmm. which these days you can do on TikTok apparently it, yeah. if, if if that's not your angle and if you stay true to your like yeah like your passion and your intention then i guess things will happen mm-hmm. and that's actually some i mean i find it amazing to hear also from you and to, that you share this because it's something that i also think about a lot like mm-hmm. what like like i also feel like i don't want to be you know i don't want to be just a dancer for the next like 20 years like there's other things that inspire me and uh, it's good to think about like what do you want to say without mm-hmm. thinking about what will be uh received well or what will what do people necessarily want or what most of the times what i see with people when you when it's when you would specify it to dance what i see that a lot of people like or are really into is usually like something that i i i, I don't imagine myself creating something like that mm-hmm. like and even that I'm shocked sometimes. Like, how is that something that people are really attracted to? For me, it's sometimes on a, either a more amateur level or mm-hmm. I I really don't connect to the the, the style or the composition of a, a piece. Mm-hmm. And and but yet people are very interested and uh, very into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but that's a whole that's a whole different story. <laughs> but it's super inspiring to talk to you, man. I really. I'm really grateful that you share this with with me and you talk so openly about your process. And I think it's really insightful for me, but I also think for the people that will listen to this. Um, Thank you so much for your time, for your inspiration and your, you know, your words. Um, And hopefully we can connect in real life soon somewhere. I (laughs) hope so too. I hope travel a bit easier. Yeah, I would love to come see a, a, a spectacle that you dance in from the moment that um, I can move again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When things are less stationary, exactly. things open up a bit and it's a bit easier. Definitely. Like, I mean, I'll put you on my list. I'll invite you if we have a next show. I mean, I think in March we'll have a live stream again. I don't think we'll have audience yet, but someday someday soon uh i'll send you i'll send you that ticket perfect thank you thank you so much have a nice evening ciao ciao thank you so much for tuning in to this week's conversation on face to face whether it was your first time listening or you've been a diehard follower since the release only a couple of weeks ago thank you if you don't want to miss the next episode You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other streaming services. And feel free to spread the word in your surroundings to anyone you think might be interested. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I hope to catch you next time.